Ah, this is a sad one because when I recorded this episode of Happy Times and Places, I was full of positive things to say about the actress Patricia Pryor, who plays Mrs Ollis in The Adventure. I first contacted Pat back in the 50th anniversary year, and she kindly invited me to her home. She was really called Pat Robinson, because, scandal, she was married to Dr Tyler, Rex Robinson, and I had the great pleasure of interviewing them both. And we kept in touch, and even after Rex had died, I would pop in and see her whenever I was Adelston Way. And she always sent a lovely Christmas card and was always interested in what was going on in the world of Doctor Who. I liked her very much, but sadly, since recording this episode of Happy Times and Places, I've learnt from Pat's daughter Kate that she passed away on June the 12th, 2023, at home with her family, and she wanted to be with Rex. And Kate says she's probably up there now, raising a glass with him and with Lenny Main, who was a family friend of the Robinsons. So thanks, Pat, and I'd like to... I mean, it's not much, but it's heartfelt. Dedicate this episode of Happy Times and Places to Patricia Pryor, 1929 to 2023. It's Happy Times and Places, but only for so long as you will it to be so, in which I, Toby Haydock, watch a Doctor Who story nominated by a friend, and I have to commentate along to the episodes, trying to guess what my guest's favourite thing about each instalment might be. Hello there, I'm Siobhan Galichon and I've chosen The Three Doctors. Well, welcome back everybody and it's time for the final part of The Three Doctors. It's been, uh, we've been in the throes of Doctor Who's 59th anniversary. Uh, uh, So, but you'll be listening to this uh, sometime after that. Uh, no doubt, um, but you know, we won't have got to the 60th anniversary yet. So it's a there's an exciting build-up now, isn't there? Another landmark. Weird because it seems to me not that long ago that it was the the 50th, which seemed a kind of as big as Doctor Who could ever get, and now the 60th. That's going to be interesting. But I re- I remember the 20th. Uh, you know, the 20th was big, and it was. I mean, that was when I was you know becoming a a, a fan. And uh, and it sort of defined my fandom. A lot of the stuff that that happened around that period. It was when I went from boy to fan, uh, uh, you know, and was and I think aware and impressed that that you know Doctor Who was very much embedded in the cultural DNA and was something that you know could would have a landmark. Um, so yeah, the twentieth anniversary. But I remember the, the five faces of Doctor Who before that as well, of course, um, which which this was part of. Um, but, you know, it was all these sort of moments that sort of... It was when we looked back to the past with some sort of sense of awe and appreciation. And then something happened which meant that we looked at the past. Well, I didn't. Um, but uh, people uh, looked at the past, um, you know, with a with a sense of superiority, sort of taking credit for all the achievements that had happened betwixt then and now, despite pl- having played no part in them. Uh, which I always think is a is a you know an an odd thing to do. It's a bit like people who are very cocky about how good their football team are, and it's like, but you you weren't actually actively involved in any of that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, so yes, I'm 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 proud in Doctor Who, but I, I won't be I won't be standing on the tram going, uh, who who are you? 
oh, 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 fans am I? You know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> who are you? Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to come to this uh, final instalment of The Three Doctors, uh, the not really 10th anniversary story, but the story from the 10th season that has The Three Doctors in it, which, uh, you know, was an amazing uh, thing to do at that time uh, and you know set the precedent for something that's now happened loads and we get a bit blasé about but uh, this seems to be and be, and because William Hartnell's in it I think you know it's his last performance as the Doctor last performance ever I think uh, I think there's something still rather sort of magical and mysterious about it um, so let's choose to start I'm going to watch from the beginning on my Britbox you may have a DVD or a Blu-ray, whichever. I wish you luck as we start proceedings in three, two, one. Well, you will not believe the gap between then and now. Me, <laughs> me say press play or whatever. Three, two, one now and actual now. Uh, I've already done this introduction having had plenty of trouble going, oh, having to connect a remote sound device to a projector to a fire stick blah de blah de blah and th this is the simpler way because I'm not I'm not getting discs out of boxes uh, and, and, and I was going and I would have watched this in in on a black and white portable television uh, and I was just doing all that explaining that and going but I must have watched it in black and white even though I remember John Pert was black leather gloves and I remember the colour of his jacket but that must have been from pictures because we didn't have a colour telly at this point um and then the thing flashes up and says, we're going to install your update software update now. It's, I just want to watch television. So, yeah, some of uh, the, the Three Doctors may look like it was made on knackered old technology. But uh, do, you know, do you know what? I, at, least, at least when something has buttons to press, you either, you know, you can switch it on and off. You do, it doesn't suddenly deny you that privilege. So I'm I'm much more I'm much more acoustic in my technology. <laughs> much more. Um, anyway, um, I I was thinking on my walk today that I haven't mentioned um, during this sojourn into Three Doctorsville that um, of course that that Chris Achilles cover was was uh, usurped by a later cover which I remember finding a couple of copies in the school library and one was Doctor Who and the Cybermen which having had that beautiful picture of Troughton it's a picture of Troughton from the three docks actually and an invasion Cyberman I was shocked to see had these things that looked like awful Cybermen that weren't looking like the proper Cybermen uh, I think Bill Donohoe had done this this new cover which is the moon and a couple of Cybermen but those Cybermen are, are actually what the Cybermen in the moon base looked like, but not to me. Cybermen in the moon base would look like invasion Cybermen because, uh, and it's not even called the moon base, it's called Doctor Who and the Cybermen. Um, but also the book of this, the book of this, you know, I love the way that these two are because they do wind each other up, but they're communicating and Troughton blowing his cheeks is lovely. And I, I love this idea of Omega's mood affecting uh, the very environment. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. Um, and I think the whole thing about, his id keeping the world together is is fascinating, and I, I and I like this the way that it's a very Troughton thing to do. He uh, he does he, you know he does that he 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 manipulates, he pokes, 
uh, to see, but but never not not always with a plan, just to see what will happen. I, it's uh, you know I, I sometimes resist that idea that Troughton is Machiavellian, and I sometimes just think it's slightly th- thoughtless writing, like in Tomb, when he you know seems to for no reason just do things that cause trouble. But 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 that's because Troughton's doctor, I think, is maybe too good an actor that you think well he can't be up to something. He's this sort of childish guy, but actually no, he's he's. He's he's manipulative. He's very interesting. He is dark, and and Trout, of course, has that wonderful resonance. I love that shot. I think this Omega costume is great, great and the the beautiful red lighting in this is very very nice. Um, it's a fantastic mask. Um, but I remember the three the, the the other three Doctors book, which was not the one that I had. And this was when I had this sort of thing as fun going. So do I have to get the books that have got different covers? I never I never did. I've never I've never had all the ones with all the different covers and as i'm saying that out loud i'm kind of regretting that and thinking what kind of a fan am i but i'm 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 a real fan of the original targets really that's that's why but but then the, those reprints i've because i have got some i've got the got the john geary sea devils because because i was too 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 old too young for the original one so 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 yeah and the and the reprint of robot um but anyway no i didn't get the reprint of the three doctors and i remember at the time thinking the picture of Troughton looked wrong on it uh and it's actually a picture of Troughton as Salamander that's why it's wrong because it's it's somebody had obviously given the artist uh you know Patrick Troughton in Doctor Who picture but it's him as Salamander so he looks terrible on the cover even though it's a really good painting and Pertwee looks good uh and Hartnell is is in his astrocan I think it's it's just one of the uh, unearthly child pictures but I remember there was an, a, a a letter to Doctor Who magazine at the time uh or, or that said you know that, that this 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 cover is bad Pertwee looks too something can't remember uh Troughton looks too bad and that works that word was for look he looks like a baddie and it's 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 a bit bad um uh, and Hartnell looks too Welsh and until you look at it, you go, but what do you mean? He looks like, oh, he does a bit. <laughs> so I've always remembered that letter rather fondly. I don't know how you can look Welsh, but I can see what the person was driving at. And I think that's, that's an all-time classic letter to Doctor Who magazine. Well, it must be because I've remembered it after all these years. This this way that Omega is shot in the foreground is very nice because it's emphasising his height. He's higher, even taller even than Pertwee. Uh, and Pertwee is tall, and he's towering over Troughton. So that's the, the use of the sort of size, the the use of these three performers. You know, is making up for the the, sh- the shortcomings of what they're standing in front of. Um, uh, and and you know, I like the fact that 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 oh, now you see, this is going to be hard pressed to beat. Uh, as as a favorite moment i think this is a brilliant brilliant doctor idea trout and superb as well they're both superb actually each one reacting in a way that complements and contrasts to the other but each of them emphasizing you, you know the great weight of it and isn't it fascinating that that pertwee the comedian is the one who's giving it the the sort of dramatic straight-faced uh, oh, oh my goodness you know the, you know this is this is deadly serious stuff and and Troughton giving it the you know oh my giddy aunt I'm I'm you know this is this is I'm spooked by this but oh how what what a wonderful idea this is that that you that that is so Doctor Who-y um, and he lets out quite a pitiful shriek which I think really works 
Um, I, th- you know, I, th- I do think Stephen Thorne is occasionally shouty, and as I said earlier in, in a, an earlier instalment, I, I felt a bit bad for him that he gave himself a hard time. It, it, it was almost like he'd read a few of the reviews because he, he did. There was a phase when you know it was De Rigueur and Doc Two fan, fandom sort of say Stephen Thorne's a bit shouty because Azar's a bit shouty and Eldred's a bit shouty. But I, I think that that cry that he does is sort of rips the fabric of his world apart and. But um, that that idea of somebody who only exists through the force of his own will is such a great Doctor Who idea. And of course, it completely ties in with this, that he's built this world from his imagination. And that's quite a philosophical idea because we all create the world from our imagination. Now, we, we don't do it in the Doctor Who way because this, we haven't conjured the solid objects. But our own perspective, the world is seen through our own ego if you like as well and if we're not careful that can be malign and destructive because we want to shape the world to fit what we want rather than fit into the world i think i think it speaks to all sorts of fascinating possibilities that are kind of half explored here but i think as a metaphor for life and existence it's really interesting for using science fiction to do that i think is is great it's better than kind of a monster of the week but also it adds a huge level of tragedy to bombastic or powerful solar engineer Omega, who, who bless him, uh, yes, is, is, is so sort of sad that the, yeah, the only reason he exists is through the force of his own will. And what does that say about a person's existence? And I think that's, I think that's really sad um and compelling and interesting and a, a cut above some of the ideas i think we're sometimes served in doctor who uh you know even though this is a you know a, a, a production that sometimes i don't think matches uh the uh the uh the ambitions of of the script and the writers but and i th- i think i've mentioned this on other occasions maybe even earlier in 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 this um is that you know how 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 culpable are bob baker and dave martin in this in the sense that oh, there's that's a very sort of contrived oh well, i'm caught between the two doctors bit of blocking but it's kind of charming and i love everyone involved and i i do like the gel guards when they're when i mean the the, the one who's wobbling up and down there should stop it um I interrupted myself a couple of episodes ago and was going, "How many of these people have I met?" And I think I, I think I've I think I've met most of the gel guards as well. <laughs> um, yes, Graham Lehman we not not doesn't normally have a beard when he's in Doctor Who, so I wonder if he was doing if he was doing something else uh, round about now. Um, I might think I think I might do a little bit on Graham Lehman at some. I might drop his son a line, who I don't I don't know. I've just met that once, um, but to find out a bit more about him and a bit more about. Um, you know, his keenness to perform, even though he had those mobility issues. I love Troughton's braces. Braces are always more fun, I think, to see on other people than they are to wear. <laughs> I think you've got to, yeah, I think there's a knack to pulling them off. Um, I did occasionally wear them when I was at university, but I'd either hitch them too high or too low. Um, but they're a nice idea, aren't they? Um, um, so, yes, uh, that's... Uh, that uh, three doctors cover um, 
was was it, it's it's funny as, as being a Doctor Who fan, you sort of like what you're used to, and I suddenly saw that as you know a, a slight step too far into the modern age. What 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 was wrong with the old covers? It's um it's 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 amazing. I don't know if this is just me, but I do I do sort of I, I've spent a lot of time sort of resisting change going on. I find comfort in that thing from before. I, I I feel uncomfortable with with that being changed or or erased or moved on from. I, I see it as an insult to the things that have gone before. And I I was talking about that in in the introduction about actually you know I I look back with appreciation to the things that paved the way. Now this is a this is at least a slightly better shot of Hartnell. I mean everything everything's uh, sort of reflected in the. Uh, the crew and everything are reflected in the TV screen, but at least we uh, we get a close up of Hartnell here. If you, I'm, I'm sure it's possible to sort of pause it to get a to get a shot of him, but um, uh, and though because he looks slightly different in those group shots, and that's what I think is quite sad. As I say, that we don't have a close up of him, that we don't sort of really have an, a proper account of because they were all three of them together when they took those publicity photos, and it's actually the it is the Hartnell of the publicity photos who's on the cover of the original, the Achilles cover, and he does look slightly different from the Hartnell we know because he's old and ill. Um, and and in those photos, he looks sort of slightly sort of more rounded in the in the in the face. Um, but you know, they were there, uh, and I wonder, you know, how much chitter chatter there was, how he was on the day. Um, you, you know, because because you don't actually see them all together in the episode, uh, which you think, oh, that's a mistake. It's like he's so near, and yet he's so far, and yet there is, a, you know, obviously a session where they're all together, um, just just for that, you know, that that those publicity shots. And I'd have liked a bit more of an insight into that. I, nobody really, I don't think, has given account of that day or that session. You know, probably only an hour. Um, uh, and the, and there were you know there were the, 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 you know I remember Bob Baker and Dave Martin I think had sort of said oh the reason this story came about was because uh, uh, William Hartnell was knocking on the door and asking for work well you know history tells we know that that didn't happen it's more likely the Terence Dix version well no I mean the the Bob Baker version is is did not happen um, uh, Hartnell was you know was at home and seemed somebody called him on a good day. Uh, and then they wrote the script and then they, they called him back. His wife went, what? Oh, no, I think you just got me on a good day. He's not going to be able to do this. Um, but anyway, whatever happened, his, his, his ultimate input is very, very limited. But he's still there. He's, you know, in that, in that Ealing Film Studio, not in his garage. Um, but again, we don't have any behind-the-scenes shots of that. We don't really have many reports from that that day um to get much of an angle on on you know Hartnell's last sort of days as an actor and his last contributions to Doctor Who so even though he's in it and even though it seems amazing that he's in it even though he hadn't been in it that long ago it still seems because it was the first days of Doctor Who and because it was black and white and because Hartnell was dead before I was born it seemed the idea that he'd almost even touched anything that was in colour was seems like you know he has crossed some sort of time bridge um and yet not well enough for the reception not to be uh, too fuzzy for us to actually completely get a, a full and uh sort of tangible uh representation of it even in even though he's in all four episodes he's never quite there the fact that he's not in the videotape studio but but the fact that also all the film stuff is on a monitor so that, so he's still he was the doctor that was dead before I was born, so he was the doctor that to me was always dead. But 
even in 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 this thing that he's sort of tangible in he's just kind of out of reach uh which i th- which i think gives it a sort of tragic not tragic but a uh a, a sort of melancholic aspect to hartnell's contribution which you know is offset by the utter joy of Troughton and Pertwee being so brilliant together, uh, and by all accounts, you know, as I said, not necessarily initially a meeting of uh, methods, if not mind, and yet you know they then they then proved to be a great double act at conventions, and and John encouraged Pat to do it, and uh, 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 and uh, and I yeah the 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 kind of rapport between them the 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 catty rapport between them is is rather is rather fun and they're a great contrast and yet they are both doctor who you know um and 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 shows the vast possibilities of the part that you know still be true to the essence of the character uh and yet be totally different interpretations of the role um now this is this is a bit that i remember watching this when i had it on you know a bootleg video well not bootleg it was just a recording it was a recording from the from the five faces i think so you know nice good quality but being quite sort of shocked at something that you don't get in this version now and i i'm not sure what i think about that because i think they've in the sound track in the sound of the version that we have now the restored tarted up beautiful gorgeous done with such care and precision and expertise and hard work and hours above and beyond the call of duty i i think i'm right in saying that they have uh uh, uh taken out the fact that when all of these characters walk through um you then hear their footsteps going down the other side which sort of makes you go i mean come on this is this is a, a landmark production it's the opening of the season but it's in many ways so careless uh i like the fact that mr ollis refuses to go first he's by far the sort of least important uh and high profile character but they still don't go you're the least important character you go first he goes no i'm definitely not doing it so and i like the way that each of the characters sort of walks through the singularity thing in a in a way that reflects their character you know he, he sort of does this sort of slightly and he goes oh you know sorry and then goes through quite quickly um but benton sort of protests because he wants to stay and do his duty so but no he he goes through uh and then uh the brigadier doesn't he he salutes so 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 even though it's quite drawn out it does mean that everybody gets a moment and i love the fact that the brigadier says come on joe he normally calls a miss grant but this is emphasizing you know this is as big as it gets this is the two doctors not just one doctor the doctors are going to sacrifice themselves to uh you know this big villain the biggest villain we've ever had a time lord villain the first time lord um so this is a big deal and it's emphasized by the brigadier going joe i remember being slightly surprised at this line because i'd read uh uh an interview with 
Nicholas Courtney. Oh no, it's not this line. Yeah, I like the salute, and the, and again, there's footsteps, footsteps there. But I, I I remember reading an interview with Nicholas Courtney when it was in Radio Times' twentieth anniversary magazine or one of those, and it said, you know, people ask me who my favourite doctor is, and I say, splendid chaps, all of them. Uh, and then he uses that line. It's not here. It's in it's in the Five Doctors, isn't it? And I was like. Oh, oh! So that's not what you say, Nicholas Courtney. That's what the Brigadier says in a in an episode of Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> uh, so maybe it wasn't. Anyway, I I remember hearing it first from Nicholas Courtney and then seeing the Brigadier do it. Um, uh, I love the fact that, well, one that this doesn't work. That Omega sort of goes nah. I also love the fact that Omega is brought down by something as prosaic as a recorder. Yes, it's a recorder caught in the time-space doodah of the TARDIS or whatever, but it's a very Doctor Who-y thing. Um, you know, people hate that bit of the time monster where it's a bottle of wine and a mug of tea that undo a, do a time experiment, and that is a bit silly. But this, I understand the logic of this. It's something that hasn't converted to antimatter because it fell into the TARDIS. don't quite know how, but it doesn't matter. But, but the fact that it is a sort of prosaic, silly object that brings down this great being is a very Doctor Who idea, something very down to earth and very normal. Ah, we can, we can, another source of energy. Oh, and that's nice. It's that, yeah, that the, the, the energy comes from, and we go, I actually like Roy Purcell's performance as the president, but it is a performance of a certain type. It's striding around in a cape being very serious. He's not, he's not really a person. He's, he's fulfilling a, a role and a function, but he's doing it with a great, uh, you know, stage actors, uh, you know bearing and diction and presence and all those sorts of things that so you you know you wouldn't you wouldn't really go for that today but i i like it in the context that it is and i think he's a he's a nice you know solid performer that does all the all the stuff properly and it's nice to see graham lehman in his last doctor who but i know i've talked about him at length in the macro terror and the seeds of death commentaries and fury from the deep i've done all these stories bar colony in space i love the fact that mr ollie's laurie is great at doing this slightly pissed off confusion thing <laughs> um so yes i yes the, the the footsteps down the back of the wall of singularity have been have been minimized by the by the um restoration uh to make it better but i think they're interesting artifacts of the original production so i'm not sure i'm wild about them being minimized um because that to me crosses a line and i can ca ca count the restoration team amongst very good friends of mine but I, I and i understand i understand the reason for doing it i equally understand the reason for not doing it and i and, and i think there are you know there are there are good arguments in both and there are flawed arguments in both um, you can see the camera in the screen here, um, but I I think I prefer mine. You know, you know what what the audience at the time would have heard. Um, but anyway, um, you know the the pictures are beautiful. The sounds much better mixed. Oh, Trout! I love the wave and Trout and even waves. Um, and I think they got rid of his reflection in the console as well, didn't they? They've, they've tidied up a few bits of the Three Doctors, which I suppose makes it better because it is quite a tatty production. It's extraordinary that Doctor Who could do that. It is one 
I think one of the tattiest Doctor Who productions, and it's it's the one where they've got to the trouble of getting all three Doctors together, and they go, should sh- should we bother to give the place a lick of paint? Not really, just just stick a telly on the wall and uh, and uh, stick you know stick some bubble wraps on some flats. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, that's. I mean, we we co- I loved um, John Levine's little sort of uh, slightly put upon look there of going, oh, but what am I supposed to do? Um, he's 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 great at making uh, Benton sort of lovably inept. Um, he is. He's like a kind of loyal dog who you 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 kind of feel sorry for, but you know would you know stay by your side through thick and thin. Uh, I do I do love Sergeant Benton. Uh, and I remember not really getting this when uh, when I watched it first and my brother's explaining, oh, you know, the Doctor's been exiled to Earth and this is his release from that. And then that suddenly made sense to me of what, you know, what the unit thing was about. I, I hadn't realised it had been as sort of formalised as that. that uh, um, and that's an interesting thing to think about when we think of the sort of timeline of Doctor Because now if they did a, a thing like that, said, right, the Doctor's going to be exiled to us. We'd go, hang on, you're changing the format here. But again, because this had happened before I was born, it was part of the show's history. And so just part of its interesting and rich tapestry of this eclectic and changeable uh, series of uh, variety. And uh, 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 but, but now I think we would be much more cautious of that going hang on you're not quite doing the thing you know doctor who up and has been a program of tra- traveling through space and time and uh this much loved era began with you're not allowed to travel through space and time anymore um hello pat uh, i'm about to write christmas cards to each of these two lovely pat and lovely laurie who live not far away from each other and delightfully get uh get the end of the episode and i think it's one of the great episode endings in the whole of doctor Who. one i love the fact that pat gets the uh pat gets the final shot lenny main does that with uh, wendy danvers uh, who's also a uh, nonagenarian doctor who survivor at the end of uh, uh curse of peladon uh, you know amazonia getting getting the close-up of the tardis taking off having delivered a, a doctor who um but I love that the final shot is of Pat, which is lovely. Pat, Pat Robinson, she's called really, but Patricia Pryor, uh, uh, widow of Rex Robinson, Dr. Tyler, and Laurie Webb there as uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Hollis. I think they're they're the Hollises, aren't they? In the in the in the book, um, yeah. Hollis seems like even the name is speaking in a sort of cod regional accent as these characters sort of doing these things. So we'll call him Mr. Hollis. Um, yeah, he's a, uh, you mean Hollis, don't you? Yeah, Hollis, you know. So so it's almost like it's almost like the, the credits and the script have sort of re- rendered the name in in dialect rather than as it actually is. I've never come across a, an Hollis. I know many a Hollis. Um, and yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're Hollis in the book. Or I just added the H because I, I, I myself, but I'm sure it's Hollis in the book. But uh, and I remember thinking it was Hollis a mistake until I actually, you know, saw the episodes again years later when I was conscious of such stuff. I had, you know, hadn't remembered from the Five Faces of Doctor Who whether it was Hollis or Hollis. But I, I love that ending. I love the way that Laurie opens his mouth as if to tell her, and then just goes, "You never believe me. Supper ready." <laughs> I think that's a glorious, glorious moment. So for me, my two, uh, my two choices for this are come to me straight away. I don't have to struggle. Uh, much as 
it's lovely having Hartnell there, much as the Trout and Pertwee combo is as good, if not better, than you could ever have imagined and hoped for. Um, uh, much as there are some choice lines in there as well. Um, my two favourite things are... My, my favourite thing and my bonus favourite thing, I suppose, my favourite thing from the episode... Well, they're, they're both from this episode. So my, my favourite thing from episode four and my bonus thing is also from episode four. My, my favourite thing from uh, episode four is therefore... Um, Omega existing by the force of his will. Uh, I think it's a it's a really interesting, fascinating, really philosophically thought through idea that works in terms of the science fiction, but also gives us something to think about if we want to and reflect about you know how we create our own world and what that actually means, and and then think about what it means for this fictional character in this thing who is this big bombastic creature um you know all powerful seemingly but actually it's nothing it's nothing but a, but an idea held together by sort of ego and hope and i think that's that opens up all sorts of extraordinary possibilities it allows for that gorgeous universe rending whale that could cut a hole through which you know through which tear into the fabric of the universe so that a black hole appears uh, of of omega aka, uh, and stephen thorne so so good um brilliant idea really tragic um looks slightly better on on this than i recall it looking you know again when i was watching as a very self-conscious youth not when it was on five faces doc two but when i came to revisit it and found it very disappointing the cso in that scene i think has been has been slightly improved in 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 restoration i'm less bothered about that interestingly because it makes it slightly easier to watch because i remember that scene being a bit you know being a bit pony um uh, and, you, and you want that scene to be there for the concept and the idea not to be being distracted by by you know huge fringes on all the cso elements and i'm aware that that makes me a total hypocrite um uh because because i'm i'm resistant to i'm resistant to the uh, diminution of the uh, of the hobnail boots on uh on on uh wooden wooden steps that is suggesting uh, a, a mystical uh, transportation through space and time and antimatter um but yeah, I so I love that. And my bonus thing is the thing we have to end on, uh, which is that great ending. I love Mr. Ollis. He's hardly got any lines, uh, but I, I, I love his presence in the show. And not that he's... Because Doctor Who can often do sort of down-to-earth working-class characters, and they're they're there for comic relief. But it's all a bit patronising, and they're all a bit sort of wide-eyed and kind of I don't really understand this, and I'll do as I'm told. Um, Ollis is kind of he's he 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 kind of sort of takes it all in his stride, but not in an awed way, in a kind of uh, you know sort of taciturn acceptance and a slight sort of disapproval of 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 all this sort of avant-garde nonsense, you know. Oh, don't want all this rubbish, you know. Reminds me, of my, you know, it's, it's always I always say about my granddad that he was, you know, he was quite a, you know, fascinating man, interesting man, very principled man, um, uh, and and very well read, even though he'd left school. At, you know, I don't think he'd even properly been educated. Um, and he'd sort of been to a, he was in a children's home and all all sorts of things. Um, but you know, like cauliflower, like cheese, but put them together, and that was warlockery. Um, uh, uh, 
so so you know li- li- limited in certain ways but in a way that's sort of strangely kind of admirable even even though it is very sort of closed-minded but it is in it is in a kind of well i've got time for that nonsense kind of way and i love i love all of that i think laurie captures that so brilliantly and especially if and as i say when i when i was going to interview him i thought he would be like that a bit of a sort of man of few words because that's the sort of part. and he's not at all he's laurie webb and he's always lovely and how are you uh and so the fact that he's the complete opposite of that as well of course he's an actor um but i think he he, he portrays he inhabits that character so well um but then that he gets he opens his mouth and then can't be bothered and then just goes you'd never believe me woman supper ready the the perfect ending to a doctor who story the lunacy is over can i just have my tea that's doctor who that's doctor who i've been to a world created by the id of a megalomaniacal tragic figure that creates gel monsters out of the, you know the force of his imagination uh and i've been driving around this antimatter world in a in an edwardian roadster um, that is owned by two aspects of the same person uh, who is a benevolent alien from outer space who has a time traveling telephone box and yeah i'm just gonna get on with my life now <laughs> love it love it love it what does Chivon galichon like from episode four and from the three doctors as a whole Part four. Ah, this one. Ooh. I think... Excuse me. I think we're going to have to go for the revelation that Omega doesn't have a body anymore. Uh, It's... It's horrifying. All that exists now is his will, and it can exist because of where he is... If he isn't there, then his will can't exist. And it's it's quite horrific, really, when you stop and think about it. It's just a moment of cold horror right in the middle of all this cosiness. And it isn't dwelt upon as if to say, oh, the horror, the horror. Yeah, Omega goes completely nuts, and understandably. But, you know, there's no proper treatise of, oh, my God, isn't this dreadful, blah, 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 blah. It's, um... It's just something that happens, but when you stop and think about it, it, it's really quite horrific. And my overall thing, oh, I'm going to beg your indulgence on this. Uh, the first thing I want to say is it's not smug. This isn't my choice, but the Three Doctors isn't smug, unlike a lot of multi-doctor stuff, especially on the television. It's smug. The Five Doctors was smug. You know, Dimensions and Time was smug. Let's bring everybody else out for the panto walk down. Um, the Three Doctors isn't. It's just the opening story of the 10th season. Yep, Pat and Bill are in it. But it's not a huge, huge thing. I mean, it became a huge, huge thing. But all we had was that and, of course, the wonderful 10th anniversary special, The Holy of Holies. Um, but that, like I say, that's not what I'm going to go for. Seeing as, even though this wasn't deliberately planned to be an anniversary story, but we've always thought it is, and seeing as it's the 60th next year, I'm saying next year because hopefully Toby's released this 
on the 50th anniversary of the Three Doctors? I have no idea. I want to actually go for Doctor Who itself. And I know I'm cheating here, but I stopped, whilst I was thinking all this through, yes, I've actually thought about it, it occurred to me, I wonder what my life would be like if Doctor Who didn't exist. And I can't imagine it. I genuinely can't. My social life is built around Doctor Who. Not the... That's not... It's the initial way I meet with people and with some people. It's the whole... Um, you know, it's what you talk about. But without it, God knows what. I, I genuinely cannot imagine what my life would be out without it. I mean, seriously, to your listeners, just stop and think for a second. If it didn't exist, if never existed, what would your life be like now? So that is my overall thing. Doctor Who itself. I'm sorry, I know it's a cheat, but it's an anniversary story, sort of. So I'm, I'm, if I can't bung this in here, where can I bung it in? Sorry, Toby. Oh, do you know what? I, I, uh, nothing to forgive. I thought that was, I thought that was lovely. Let's address, let's address the first bit. I, I do take the point about the three doctors not being smug, and sometimes you know, and I think it's it's difficult as Doctor Who's gone on to, 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 to sort of acknowledge its past and revel in its status without see sort of too reverential and and part of Doctor Who's charm almost is that it, it was sort of knocked together without any sense of its own importance which is impossible to escape when you've been going 60 years because it would seem a bit odd if you just went oh this old thing but the, the 10 years wasn't quite enough to to be sort of um to look like you're sort of staring at your own navel or patting yourself on the back, especially as, of course, they don't. So, so yes, I've always been a bit off with the three doctors for being a bit tatty and not having much of a sense of occasion. In terms of the production, I mean, having, you know, the Time Lords back and your enemy as, as uh, you know, the, the, the founder of time travel and all of that, as well as the three doctors, there's, a, there's, a, there's an attempt at grandiosity there. Um uh, but the, yeah, the fact that the production is on the tattoo, maybe that's a maybe that's a blessing, um, and 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 if that's the payoff for not being sort of too full of itself, uh, maybe that's a, but, but yeah, maybe maybe you know, be careful what you worry about, Toby. So that's a very interesting perspective. I love uh, the fact that we both chose um, Omega's, you know, existence only through sheer will, and it is a horrifying idea. But that's the beauty of. All of this stuff, it's a horrifying idea, but it's a philosophical idea. It's also very sad. I mean, the fact that they, they have, they, they, you know, they do acknowledge that, you know, they're, they're, they're having to essentially do the humane thing, which is to destroy Omega because there's a, there's a, there's a tragic element to Omega's existence and, um, you know, ability to only exist in that, that, that universe. And that's, that's you know, the... A prisoner of his own mind. I mean, really, which is a, again a brilliant concept, a really thought-provoking concept, but actually rather a sad one. Um, but it's also funny, and it's also daft, and it's also very cosy. Um, but and action-packed and a bit scary. It's. I mean, I'd yes, please. And this is a story that's nowhere, nowhere near my my favourite. So this is really interesting because I'm loving this and sort of talking about it and 
enunciating all of these things that come to mind because of a thought-provoking contribution from Siobhan and the fact that I'm, you know, forced to do so by commentating along as I'm watching the pictures and trying to articulate what it is that appeals and what it is that uh, beguiles about each particular Doctor adventure and in this case this one which then opens Siobhan out to that observation about gosh where would we be without Doctor Who oh and yes this this uh, sorry Siobhan this has been released slightly before the 50th uh, uh, anniversary of the um, the three Doctors but only about a, a, a month before um, which I think is kind of right because the story was released a little bit before uh the 10th the 10th anniversary is as well you know they just just at the end of the year before um i'm sort of grasping at straws and whatever i just fancied i fancied well i so i've done but i have i did do this i recorded this at around the 59th anniversary of doctor who itself so in a way it's appropriate to siobhan's last um observation about you know think about life without doctor who i cannot think of my life without doctor who um it has shaped my life i i, I mean part of me the idea of being a professional doctor who fan appalls me though this is still my hobby the fact that it's crossed over into some of my work but um if you know if my obituary says he he did he did he did doctor who related fan related he was a doctor who he was a professional doctor who fan i would feel awful doctor who is what takes me away from all of the other things of life including work i suppose i've just turned my hobby into a demonstrative one that i want people to look at me doing no i don't know i've just i've just taken my joy for the show and tried to communicate it you know i i i found out stuff for my own uh you know amusement and interest and then tried to convey that to others and and sort of have found an audience but uh, uh for for me it's much more personal for me than than professional doctor who even though i'm doing this but this is this is partially about that sort of communication and people you know seem to want to listen to what i might have to offer and i hope i do it well i do it to the best of my ability but but my my enjoyment of of doctor who is is nothing to do with really anything i might have done um sort of in terms of work or anything like that my enjoyment of doctor who is 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 sort of is totally pure um and 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 you know it, it it's always sort of taken me taken me away from things that are uncomfortable taken me back to things that were comfortable or taken me back to times that weren't comfortable but where doctor who was the only comfortable things in them i'm nostalgic about my childhood and yet i i didn't particularly enjoy my childhood i found my childhood quite difficult but somehow when doctor who was in it it wasn't so it makes me nostalgic for a time that was difficult but takes away the difficult times which is which is extraordinary um uh so it made me escape from my childhood then and uh, it, it takes me back to it now when of course when as an adult you look back and go oh you didn't know you didn't know how lucky you were uh, in terms of one you know comparatively i had a, a a much more comfortable childhood than you know most almost everyone most people born before i was born and most people who were born uh, in, in some different parts of the world from where i was fortunate enough to be born so you know but everything is relative um i have sort of covered this in a 
podcast recently as well so forgive me if i'm repeating myself um but i cannot imagine my life without doctor who there's not a day goes by where i don't think about some aspect of doctor who uh that the, there are not things that there's still things that I would be fascinated to find out and sometimes disappear down a world wormhole trying to find out. There are podcasts that I listen to, programs that I watch, books that I read that are all largely about Doctor Who. I've got a very one-track mind, although Doctor Who is a very uh, broad canvas. Uh, so, so you know, I, 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 you know, one day I might read... A, a, a factual book about somebody that was in Doctor Who uh, and another day I might read um, a, a, a work of fiction uh, expanding the Doctor Who universe so you know I'm 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 not one track minded um, actually usually I'm let's be honest I even as I was saying that I was going don't lie I don't read much Doctor Who fi I don't read any Doctor Who fiction I read Doctor Who facts I like researching the history of the show that is what interests me I like finding out about the people who were in it uh, the personalities uh, the way that things were made all the mysteries the things that we don't know about um, certain stories because we don't have the paperwork and we don't quite know how that was done or uh, there are things that we don't know simply because we don't know them because we don't have you know that paperwork or testimony or whatever the fact that it's so interesting to research but but mostly you know it's a show that I love watching and I watch and I have actually been watching for pleasure a bit recently as well as doing it for these podcasts but these podcasts give stories I know and love on some I don't love particularly a new lease of life because I'm watching them with an eye to conveying enthusiasm about them I'm watching them having consorted albeit remotely and with a pre-record um from somebody else who I like who I admire who might have a different perspective or whose personality shines through and and, and you know gives a different lens through which to view something and I think all of that is fascinating I'm not you know I'm not a terribly sociable person I can talk like this as you could tell 19 to the dozen but I've, I find social situations quite awkward but I find talking about Doctor Who a few ums and ers aside for which I apologize uh he says doing an uh um i find talking about doctor who easy and I, I i get enthused and it makes me perhaps sort of come out of my shell a little bit more in a way that i i don't necessarily hugely in in public i find this sort of socializing a lot easier because nobody here um and yet i like you know i like the people i've met through doctor who and i've met some interesting fascinating people in it. it's only when i sort of because i because i'm not very good at sort of Keep keeping in touch even particularly so, so 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 when i you know then touch base with somebody that i don't normally have a chat to or whatever through doing this process it's a reminder of what a an interesting and broad church doctor who fandom is and how you always benefit from meeting people from different backgrounds with different perspectives who who are like you in some way because they like doctor who but they might like different things about it or just give you pause for thought or give you a new perspective or or tell you a new fact i mean it's which i you know which is all great but beyond that beyond the socializing the 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 the, the, the commonality that one shares with friends and strangers who know and like doctor who um it's an amazing show there's nothing like it it's unique it's a one-off it's it's a mixture of huge ambition and sometimes uh you know un under ambitious 
application of technology uh it's a program of huge scale and scope that is nonetheless made out of the things that exist today because what else can you do uh it's a program of big ideas um that that and, and sometimes limited expression um it's a program of huge wit and great emotion um uh that that sometimes uh, tries to convey both of those in 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 laughably prosaic ways uh but it's it's such a good idea it it it, it has scope for so many things uh, and it's so and 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 it's fun it never loses that or, or at its best it doesn't lose that desire to entertain yes it can do satire yes it can do politics yes it can try and be um, you know try, try, try to be you know intelligent and thoughtful but but it's its primary purpose surely is to entertain and be fun and exciting and frightening for kids that, and, and if it doesn't do that it's it's kind of doing it wrong i think uh and if if a kid still exists inside of you um and i think you know i think we do retain our childhood selves within us and sometimes they're quite damaged the fact that doctor who still speaks to them and still puts a smile on their face is i think rather miraculous um and like omega i think we all create our world in our own image and we all create doctor who in our own image it is it is the thing that morphs around us like a sort of comfort blanket but but you know that that comfort comes from different things and manifests itself in different ways um so yeah i'll take that Siobhan. it is slightly slightly cheating but i think that is acceptable on this occasion and with this story and thank you for that because it made me think and then probably sound quite pretentious <laughs> because really it's just a you know it's a silly sci-fi show for kids and yet it's obviously more than that otherwise we wouldn't all be here um Siobhan is going to plug everything that she does uh, which is a few things um uh, I mean Siobhan's been around as long as I can remember um at fan events and in fan things and uh is always you know very nice company always and you know Siobhan was saying doesn't want she doesn't want anniversary stories to be smug that is something that Siobhan would never be is smug uh and and almost you know self-deprecating well not almost self-deprecating to a fault actually self-deprecating to a fault but I think it's better that than to be the other way um but uh has has brought a lot of uh entertainment and happiness to others herself so let's see what she's all about in terms of pluggage and the way that she celebrates uh, and communicates her love for Doctor Who. Right. Okay. This is the bit where I'm allowed to plug myself for now. Okay. Um, I, even though I'm completely irrelevant nowadays, I still do a couple of internet shows. Uh, they're on YouTube. Uh, you've either got the Flashing Blade Live, which is recorded live on Twitch, um, or... Uh, two Fan Dinosaurs, which is a similar thing to what Toby's doing, but there's two of us, myself and <laughs> Dr. Sinister, not his real name. And because we're old fans, 
we know all the old stories, all the apocrypha, all the silly stories, and that's what you're going to get from our commentaries. Um, we occasionally mention John Abinary, occasionally. So, um, yeah, uh, you can find us on the YouTube channel, oh dear, Bibble Thruster. Spelt like it sounds, Bibble Thruster. Oh dear. Um, <clears throat> I really didn't think that through. Toby, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this. Um, and thank you so much for doing these podcasts. I Listening to podcasts is a busman's holiday for me, so I don't do it. But I do listen to your podcast. You're the only podcast I listen to. Um, I just hope I stay along long enough to see you get to the end of um, too much information. I don't. It's either that or the pickles are going to run out. So thank you again, and uh, I'd better say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. How do I stop this? Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Siobhan. Not irrelevant. Won't have that. Um, told you, self-deprecating to a fault. Um, that's really kind words. And Siobhan is a patron of these podcasts as well. So one of the people that ensures that they uh, they keep going and remain ad-free and mean that I can spend, you know, proper time doing them so that they're, you know, at least hopefully put together. I mean, I don't edit out all of the ums. I mean, there's a there's a there's a line. Uh, I mean, they would would be better without. But um, hopefully that buys me time to do the too much informations, uh, which are, you know, much harder to put together and you know. Uh, written, rewritten, cross-check, double-check, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to speed up with those. We will get there. Uh, I'm just trying to get some stability. I'm an itinerant player, so it's hard to sort of do a do it every time. I think, oh, I've got a week clear that I can nobble off a whole load of too much information. I then get, uh, you know, uh, what have I had this week? Uh, a, vo a voiceover for the National Trust. That was nice. Uh, also, I was watching something an advert for an airline the other day, and I suddenly remembered. I went, "Am I? Am I? Aren't I the English voice on something like Eritrea Airlines or somewhere?" I'd completely forgotten about this job that I'd done, but there is there's an airline like one of them um, where all the English instructions are me. Uh, I and I quite like that. You know, I, obviously, I prefer it when I'm doing you know drama acting or comedy acting that's my that's my job but i do quite like the sort of the, the fact that i sort of pop up in all strange places uh and so i'm lucky that i have this kind of strange peripatetic um never two days the same existence but it means i can never quite get a, a proper pattern of uh, of organization so everything i do is a little bit scattergun uh but uh, i'm not sure i'd have it any other way but it, it, yeah it means you have to sort of bear with me when you uh sort of consume my stuff but i'm grateful that you, you know it's 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 to your taste enough that you're happy to ladle it down right so thanks to siobhan please do avail yourself of uh her um, broadcasts um she's you know again somebody that just puts the enthusiasm for the show out there and that's kind of what it's all about isn't it and it is a great show i do love doctor who but um, I think I'm going to see if my supper's ready. <laughs> Love it. Love it. 
Thank you ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest this time around is Siobhan Galichon, who can be found on Twitter at SIO, the first three letters of Siobhan Galichon. SIO Galichon. I am grateful to Siobhan, who is also one of the patrons of Toby Haydoke's Times Travels, as are the following. Mr. With It, Reese Williams, Chris Williams, Rich Wiggins, Kevin West, Peter Ware, Gavin Ware, Alistair Wallace, Jeff Walker, Gary Wales, Lee Wakerley, John Turner, Van Man Sang, Sidney Truett, Jason Thompson, Dr. Gary Thomas, Paul Taylor Greaves, Mark Swain, Adam Stone, Chris Stokes, David Spofforth, David Spencer, Andrew Snedden, Richard Smith, Trevor Smith, and Brian Sinclair, and many more to whom I'm all grateful. The music is by Dave Gates, and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. I think that should have been all of whom to whom I'm grateful. No, I'm grateful to all of whom. Whom? Anyway, all of those people I mentioned, I am grateful to, and indeed all of the other patrons whose names get mentioned on different occasions and on different episodes and at different regularity depending on the tier of their patronage because it all starts from £3 a month. That gets you pretty much everything. Uh, there are things that lure you further up the ladder, uh, you know, £5, £10, £20. There are other bits and bobs, but, you know, all of the general stuff, the name mentioning. Uh, the bonus material, the exclusive podcasts, the monthly AMAs, uh, various other little goodies. In fact, I put some goodies from my archive up recently, one of which turned out to be missing from the BBC radio archive and is now safely back there. So there's all sorts of other little sort of bits and bobs that go on there that are quite fun. Uh, so that's all at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. I know it seems a bit weird me coming cap in hand to you now i don't particularly like it but it's the way we freelancers have to do things these days and hopefully you get bang for your buck there's three releases a week uh, in patreonville and the patronage thing enables me to do these properly in you know using proper recording equipment decent microphone and give proper time to editing it and making it good and paying the musicians and all of that sort of thing so uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke, but I know times are tough uh, and these things all come out eventually and uh, but if, if if you want to occasionally contribute because you can or because I sound particularly hungry or oh, I do a particular thing that you just think oh it deserves a coffee even a metaphorical one spelt badly that's at ko-fi.com ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke, which is a sort of tip jar basically where you can where you can say tar with hard cash, which is, again, the way of things these days. Uh, but what costs you nothing? Because I know times are tough. And as winter closes in and uh, recession takes its grip, and we seem to be travelling back to the 1970s, and not in a good way, not the way they made telly then, but all, all, the, bad, all the bad ways, um, uh, you can do what costs you nothing, which is go to iTunes or Spotify or all those places you get your podcasts and give these five stars and a glowing review. That really, really does help. Thank you. And you can spread the word in cyberspace. Haydoke hey Podcasts is the special Twitter feed that is all things about these podcasts. Uh, and I'm on at Toby Haydoke, hey uh, where I, I plug these, but also do other things, um, you know, 
talk about Doctor Who, do lame jokes, plug things that I'm doing. Um, I also have a Facebook page, uh, Toby Haydock, the comedian page, which has a picture of me performing stand-up comedy rather than my personal page, which is becoming more of a personal thing and uh, the, the work stuff. You know, if, if we've never met, just go to the other one. It's still me. It just means that, you know, if I want to put pictures up of my kids, I could do that in private on my on my normal one. And, and if, if I want to, you know, p- plug some show that I've done that, that you know, that my, my next door neighbour doesn't really need to know about, uh, we can do that. Do you know, it's, yeah. It's again, it's the way of things. I'm reluctant with this modern world. It's all about sort of self-expression and, and pushing yourself, which I'm, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not, not massively comfortable with. Yes, I am when it's performance. That's a slightly different thing. That's not what this is, is it? Oh, dearie me, no. Anyway, do that social media thing. Yes, and please just tell your friends, I think. Yeah, tell your friends, spread the word, but keep listening. And, and I'm really grateful that you do so. You're splendid chaps, all of you. And that includes those of you who aren't chaps. I think chaps is I think chaps is all encompassing, isn't it? I think chaps means everybody. But in case you feel it doesn't apply to you, um, if you're not a chap, you're still splendid. If you're listening to this, you're splendid. And I hope you're very happy. I think I've done enough talking this episode, so there won't be too much post-credits chitter-chatter. I think I'm just going to exit through a point of singularity in the way that God, well, or at least Lenny Main and Barry Letts, intended. Goodbye.